footy and frothy is its grand final time. Uh, beautiful weather out here. The storms pass through Western Sydney. Who, and we're going to get stuck into all the action from this coming Sunday. Who are we? Uh, the old Dagster, former vice-captain of the Penrith High Touch Footballs team. And uh, the three-time premiership winning back row of the Manila Tigers. Barney is also with us to get stuck into all of this uh, and much more. What's happening, mate? No, we only won two. We lost the third one. We are undefeated for three years and well, then ominous, lost the actually. grand final. That's <laughs> ominous. <laughs> Didn't lose a game for three years and then lost the grand final because the bus broke down with every player except for myself. Because <laughs> they all lived in no, Manila, we lived in Baraba. Yeah. So the whole the so you're the one from the ad. You're the one in that Telstra ad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the bus turned up. They basically got off the bus and we played. We got only got beaten by two points, oh. but I, I was the best player <laughs> on the field because I had a good night's sleep. <laughs> Yeah, so every time you think of that, you see that Telstra ad, just think of Barney. <laughs> he's, the one, he's the one in the goggles. Um, anyway. Front row of that, eh? He killed it. Yeah, good work. Uh, well, it's, we, we've got the grand final we'd hoped for. Yeah, absolutely. Two best teams all season. Mm -hmm. uh, two, most, two best forward packs. Yeah, we'll talk about all this as we get stuck into it. But it's exciting times, exciting grand final weekend. Uh, any plans? No, not at the moment. It's... Mrs. follows the Panthers, mate, so basically it's up to her what she wants to do and I'll just follow orders from there. Fair so. enough. We'll, we'll work in that parameter then, I suppose. I've got the kitties, so you're welcome to join on the deck, but I, you got to do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. uh, just quickly, the lead-up is the um, Easts against – no, Souths against um, – I haven't been following the any Tigers of it. So look at me. State <laughs> I just sound like a dickhead. I better check that. And the NRLW is the Knights and the Titans uh, at 3.55. Expect it to be a, 30, 34 degrees. Yeah, 120 <laughs> is the Bunnies and the Tigers in the state championship. And then the Knights and the Titans in NRLW at 4 o'clock. Yeah, they're talking about putting it back because it be the hottest grand final of all time. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, global warming is only a myth. Apparently. Hmm. Uh, I have no input in any of those games. So <laughs> we'll just get straight to the big dance, which is Penrith and the Broncos. At 7.30 from uh, Accor. Uh, I'll run through the team list and then we might go and look at uh, a play-by-play -play matchup. Then we'll just have a quick chat about how we expect the game to play out, respective styles, and we'll get some bold predictions at the end. Uh, for Penrith, well, both teams are largely unchanged for Penrith. We've got Edwards at fullback, Taruva on the wing, Tango, Crichton, Tuo, Luai and Cleary. Uh, Moses Leota starts. Kenny, Fisher-Harris, Sorensen, Martin, Yo, and the bench is Cogger, uh, which is due, a great reward for him to play grand final uh, off the service he's provided this year. Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, and Luke Garner on the bench. Uh, pretty much full strength, and they've uh, chosen to leave out Peachy and Hosking, so who have provided uh, ample service this year. For the Broncos, Walsh, Arthurs, Staggs, Farnworth, Cobbo, Mam, Reynolds, Flegler, Walters, Haas, Capewell, Ricky, Carrigan, Tyson Smoothie is the 14, Piakura, Hetherington and Paliasia. Again, chosen to leave out some uh, very more than capable servants in the likes of Jensen and Oates, but um, you've got to say they're pretty much coming into this game in hot form at full strength and yep. in my humble, this could be the best ground final we've had. Maybe in a decade? Yeah, 100%. Uh, good weather, dry track. 
Uh, does that particularly suit either team or? No, I think very. Both these teams are very comparable for, in large parts of the, across the field. Uh, the the thing that sort of differentiates is the fact that there's a lot more experience, obviously, in this Penrith side coming into a, a, another decider. <laughs> What's that for? Four in four yeah, years. Four, that fourth grand final for this Penrith team. And the, yeah, they've won two out of the last three. Uh, it's just a um, the big thing for mine is whether these X Factor players from Brisbane they need to play the best games of their career. Like yeah. we know they have the skill, they have the talent to be a top end performer, but they need to be able to put that out there for eighty minutes. Whereas it, you've got a consistent baseline for Penrith where you know ninety percent of this times ninety percent of this team is putting out a consistent effort for 80 minutes. So. I'll go as far to say is a, a, a fast dry track suits Brisbane a little bit more. Fraction. O only mm. because it lets the X factors... It, a little bit more pace. There's a little bit more pace mm. and uh, they can push that pass with a little bit less risk. I'm not just yep. saying it's a game breaker or anything like that. 100%. Uh, but I think your Reese yeah, Lightning, uh, your Cobos, your Stags of the World are going to be a bit... Oh, given they've been stuck at... Um, Let's them get their Sand boots in the field a little bit yeah, better. Uh, yeah. It probably suits them a little bit more, but it is played at night, you know, whatever else. Um, let's run down. Where do you want to go? Do you want to go from front to back, back to front? Where do you want to do this? We normally go one down. But go one down. Let's kick mm. off. And what it, don't these teams match up excitingly well as well? Uh, with the fullbacks, uh, Dylan Edwards against Reese Walsh. Uh, how are you lining up these two? Um, I'm I'm expecting probably a, a nine out of ten from both of these players. To be honest, um, the thing that comes down for the obviously the differentiating feature say, between is the a two. nine out of ten Dylan Edwards performance as good as a nine out of ten Reese Walsh performance on the scoreboard? No, uh, but in effort and undoubtedly, but yes, a hundred percent. But as a as a way to set up a structure for other players to be better, I think Dylan. Dylan Edwards probably provides a, a fraction more um, stability through the middle of the field and being able to inject other players to uh, really get towards a game plan, whereas Reese Walsh's X factor, if he hits a 9 or a 10 out of 10, can completely blow a game apart. So um, Dylan Edwards would be relying on somebody else keep providing him something to be able to... Like, he can easily score... Two, three tries supporting back through the middle, make a shit ton of meters through the middle. He's, he, uh, they both do a very good job at uh, setting up their defensive structures mm -hmm. for both of their sides. They're always there. They're always um, like you, you very rarely see a, a try scored in the corner without either of them being within the vicinity and trying to push the player into into touch. Um, obviously, Reese Walsh can probably provide maybe ten more points on the scoreboard, but I think. Dylan, uh, Dylan Edwards is probably that little bit safer and may not provide a try opportunity with a spilt ball or an intercept pass. So, yeah, they're pretty close to cancel themselves out, but Reese Walsh probably just has an edge if they both put in a 9 out of 10. Yes, I, I think a 9 out of 10 Dylan Edwards is fantastic and did all those good things and run 308 metres and um, diffuse every bomb. A, a, a nine, I don't think we've seen a 10 out of 10 Reese Walsh mm -hmm. game. And this is, no, this is a scary thing. A 10 out of 10, we've seen some eights and nines out of 10, but a 10 out of 10 Reese Walsh game almost wins Brisbane the competition, yes. as far as to say. Uh, but he's safe on the high ball. Um, he's explosive. He's 
uh, on a dry, fast track, he's going to be the scariest proposition on this field. Oh, 100%. That, that's not in uh, – that's not a big fella building another big fella. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. The wingers, uh, Taruva, Arthurs, Tuo and Cobo. I, a fantastic matchup, but I think the two Panthers wingers are in absolutely outstanding form mm-hmm. right now. They've mm-hmm. um, really come with – they've both started the season. took a long time for Taruva to get into his stride. Uh, another one off a World Cup, which we've talked about previously, uh, as was Bizza. But um, took both a long time in the stride. But on the back of Origin, they've been sensational. Uh, Taruva is going to be run the Cornella in um, – Rookie of the Year, I'd suggest. Mm-hmm. It's not him, it's going to be the dream. Uh, and rightfully so. His ability to find open space, his kick return stuff. And he spent the first three months this season being the sole kick returner because that was where they were getting kicked. Every ball yeah. was not getting kicked to Brian too along the way. He was getting <laughs> kicked to Taruva. And he more than owned that uh, and for his size, copped it along the way. Um, so that was fan. Uh, so uh, he uh, is outstanding. Bizar is um, the <coughs> the greatest workhorse winger in the competition. Uh, he produces his two and three hundred metres consistently at his best. Uh, well, let's say one fifty two hundred this year, yep. last year. But uh, on the back of a hat trick last week, and he earned every single one of those tries, uh, which has been the theme with wingers this year. The that's not a knock in any way uh, on the Brisbane wingers who Selwyn is. As good an X Factor player on his day as 100%. any winger in the competition, mm-hmm. um, and has produced it at Origin level numerous times. Uh, will be up for this. Jesse Arthur is uh, has been an astute buy and has, has earned his way into this team. Very good footwork, ability to beat a player, ability to beat that first uh, kick chaser, and good in the air. Uh, very good in the air, mm-hmm. which is where I'll suggest they do have the edge of Brisbane yes. wingers is obviously the height advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when everything else fails, they're going to kick crossfield and they're going to pepper both wings here because uh, there needs to be a there could potentially be an area assault along the way. Barn, what do you yeah, make well, of these? It'll for? it'll be their first or second option and their fallback option. Mm-hmm. So you can expect a lot of high ball to both Taruba and Tao. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if it does provide a try or two for yep. for this Brisbane side. Uh, as long as the, the king, the kicking is pinpoint, which is <laughs> most of the time is pretty good when it comes out of Adam Re- off Adam Reynolds' boot. Um, the thing for mine is the handling errors between Arthur's and Cobo could <laughs> actually dig a bit of a hole for the Brisbane side. Mm-hmm. Like Taruva and Toto, very rarely do you see them spill a ball when trying to you know finish off a try. They're yeah. just consummate professionals. They do their work through the middle of the field, which sets up. Everything that off the back of it with the your big charges from your middle forwards that come off the back of the dummy half runs with these guys who scoot for 10, 15 minutes, get up, play a quick play the ball. Uh, very rarely blow a chance when they get an opportunity to score a try out wide. Um, yeah, the only advantage I see for the Brisbane team is obviously that that, that bit of height with the kick, the kicks to the corners. And yeah, the, the Cobo can blow a game apart. They've got the option there. It, it won't always be Reynolds. No. Welsh will kick across field. Ezra Man will probably have a kick, yeah. But um, I can see Welsh putting that left foot kick across Walters field. Walters could do it out of Getting a bit off. of broken field there, that little bit of something mm-hmm. going on, kick across. And, but they both uh, turn around like jackrabbits. They get back, defend the gr- grubber in behind the line fantastically well. Um, 
I just think the, the you saw the way that Taruva and both Tuo finished very well last week, getting down low and burying for, burrowing for the corners. They both scored in very similar fashions, and I think that'll be very hard for the likes of Cobo and um, Jesse Arthurs to defend against that kind of attack if Penrith are getting the ball to them in the right position to do that. So I think the Penrith, uh, Penrith wingers for the majority of the game will be a much stronger influence for this Penrith side than than the Broncos wingers will be, but there is a, a, a chance that, that that one out of ten times that the Broncos could possibly, you know, jag a try with a, a kick to the corner or some footwork and a palm off out of Cobo out on that right edge. So, But for mine, the matchup's Penrith on, on the wings. The centres, what, what a matchup we got here. Uh, Tungo and Crichton against Staggs and Herbie Farnworth. This is... Um, as yeah. good a match as we get in any game Absolutely. at all. Uh, this is, yeah, origin quality matchup. Mm-hmm. International quality matchup. Uh, I'm going to let you have first crack at this. <laughs> well, Herbie Farmworth's been in undeniable form for. What like, a player he's been. Like, remember when he first. Um, and I, I've always loved him, as you know, mm, but um, yes, came yes, across yes. as. Um, yeah, christened him the World War Two fighter pilot. He started uh, at the Dolphins in reserve grade, I'm yeah. pretty sure. You know, and I'm over his, uh, Herbie his Farnworth uh, <laughs> in the position now. But what, um, what a player he's been for Brisbane. He's now and putting out 200 metres every week, just yeah. about. Uh, constant threat, ball in hand. Has a very strong uh, fend, very good step and running game. And it's just so hard to bring down when he, when he has the ball in his hand. He can get turned inside out a little bit, which uh, I could see possibly happening here uh, it'd be up against Targo yeah so which is a physical a big physical ask for him my issue is Targo's one week back yeah so expect a lot of ball to be going like you saw the the matchups the way the way they played against uh, the Warriors this week they went down that left hand edge a lot of the time right hand defence um, they, they almost played so. the rust off him because he started Pretty average last week, and yeah, did start to get better towards the back. Yeah, he yeah. really played himself back into that game. And um, yeah, he is a, actually quite a good defender, but he's going to have his hands full here with Herbie Farmworth. I think Herbie might just have the edge in this matchup, just due to match fitness and conditioning. I wouldn't be surprised if Penrith do what they did last week and swap uh, swap sides with Crichton going across to the yeah. other side because Lu- otherwise he's defending outside of Luai, who is also coming back from injury, who has mm. a suspect shoulder. So. Wouldn't be surprised if that, that, that swap does end up happening, but then you've got you've got to defend Katoni Staggs either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, ball in hand, I think the the, um, the Broncos probably do have a bit, a fraction in physicality over the Penrith uh, players in this game, but I think Penrith, their, def- their defence, I think they're much better defenders than Katoni Staggs. And so Herbie you Farmer. saw last week how often... The, that Penrith right side defensive edge got isolated, uh, led to an Olam try, mm-hmm. first try, and then three drop balls and a few fuck ups along the way. If Herbie gets those chances, he ices them. Two of them at least. Yeah, yeah. you would think so. So that that's where there's a little bit. I don't say a chink, but a little bit of like a the the arm is not quite. They'll be throwing plenty of shape there, and Crichton will be. Uh, I hope Targo's completely fit because if both of those centres are completely fit, this is a matchup. And there was the, the the mail today that Herbie's got a hamstring concern and yes, yada, yada, correct. Yada, so so um, both of these centre pairings completely fit. I couldn't split them. 
Like, because Crichton on his day can do absolutely anything. So can Stags. Farnworth's a fraction limited. Like, he doesn't have that little bit of X fact. Like, he's a fantastic player. He's strong, has um, pace, but he can't do those freakish things that you see Crichton and Stags be able to do on occasion. Stags is from where he came from a couple of years ago. He's made a concerted effort to be physical in defence. He throws people around now. He, He does get beaten, though. Yes, he can he get yeah. beaten with pace and a bit of deception. But generally he does. He gets very angry and then he's <laughs> you know, it's game on, on the other side. And so. Targo is probably a little bit lighter. He's got a little bit um, more. Uh, probably His footwork's probably a fraction better than uh, a couple of these guys. But he does have a, occasionally can miss a tackle, fall off a tackle. Um, and I c- Honestly, I can't split these two. It's going to be let's, which one yeah, of these two is turn let's up let's better on the day. Call it a draw. Uh, another interesting matchup is the five eights, and, and a, a, a very good matchup now. You know, there's, mm. there's a time I would have gushed all over one or the other here, but uh, Luai and Mam, uh, both at five eight, similar yep. players. They're going to play very similar players. The, they're outstanding second fiddles. Mm-hmm. Uh, both rely on footwork. Uh, Mam a bit more on strength as well. Short kicking game. Uh, short, short right foot kicking game, left foot kicking game for Luai. Um, I, I, again, can't split these. I, I, I think Jerome Luai is in better form. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite having the injury, I, I think he's had a very good season uh, after I gave him a bit of a pot earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been tremendous and he's very good at being Jerome Luai. Yep. That's the nicest good, uh, thing I can give him, but that is a wrap because... You know what he's going to do? He's going to do left foot step, right foot step, offload or pass, or he's going to go into the line, try and drag someone with him in the hope that Yo or someone else pops up close enough that all of a sudden there's a gap that all of a sudden Liam Martin can walk over untouched a pair wider. Um, and he's very good at doing that. Uh, and he's been at, uh, So uh, there is – I don't think his shoulder was necessarily tested last week. There's still half maybe concern there that that might fall out, but that's, which suggests is why Cog is still on the bench. Yep. Uh, Ezra Mam, similar player, um, more physical, more likely to be running th- just uh, on the back of shape, hitting a hole and busting through. Uh, and against some of the lesser teams is a very, very dangerous proposition. I feel like Penrith have him well enough covered because mm. they obviously know what he brings to the table. Um, so I would like to almost see him bring something different to the table in this game to be Pass a bit earlier, to, kick a bit earlier. Yeah, something, something like else that, that, yep. that will challenge that pen of defence more. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, very similar. Um, Ezra's a lot more direct, bit, uh, quite a bit more physical than Jerome Luai. But um, Jerome Luai, when he's on, is one of the most creative 5.8s in the competition. The way that he can find someone on a short, short ball, whether it's a lead run or someone that's folding back in, in support where he's dancing in front of players and finds a half a hole for him to go through. Um, and he's probably got a... Fra- he's, Touch in his kicking games probably a little bit more controlled than what Ezra is. Ezra seems to kick it dead probably a little bit more often than mm-hmm. you see Jerome do. Um, defensively, yeah, I give the edge to Ezra, man, but I think creatively and at the back end of this game, I see Luai probably providing more opportunity for points than Ezra, man. Yeah. Uh, well, we, some of these matchups. For the rest of this, we could go on for a podcast alone about Cleary versus Reynolds or yep. uh, Carrigan versus Yo, Yo, but, Fish versus uh, and in the Pass. front row uh. matchup. But Cleary versus Reynolds is next. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've both had uh, uh, interrupted seasons, uh, which may be the story of their career, which 
probably the story of their career. But been brilliant um, most of the time. They've been on the. They've field. been very good. I thought I'd say Cleary was nursing a lot of injuries for his front. So I'd say he hasn't been at his best at the front half, but the back half has been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's made a concerted effort to be a runner mm-hmm. in his last uh, six weeks or so. Uh, given he's you know built like a lock, he can he's, yeah, get, he's not 100%. afraid to get in and, and try and bust that, mm-hmm. uh, and that creates such a when, when they they live in a world where uh, there's no setup plays when he's running, you know something else is coming the next set or you know yeah. that's, that's especially when you go. have the other opportunities so, around him. Yeah, yeah. so that's um, very very yeah. uh, well, he's obviously a scary proposition. He's a straight halfback and uh, and rightfully so. Adam Reynolds, stop-start year, but his best football this year has been outstanding. He's kicking game at his best. Uh, and the best thing is have, it took him a year to get, almost get, we, he was outstanding when we were up at Magic Round last year. Mm-hmm. But this year, when he's fit and firing, when Broncos are up and going, geez, he loves taking the piss. He's got those great chip over the tops. He's got the great um, cross-field kicks. He's got the grubbers through. And... Um, Brings a sense of calm to the rest of this team, which oh, absolutely. Uh, Can't as be does underestimated Cleary, as at does Cleary, all. But they're, they're, that's ingrained into what they do. Mm. But um, what he's brought this team can't be underestimated. But Cleary's got the better. I'd say Cleary has a better running and uh, defensive game. <laughs> on, on form, I'd give Reynolds a slight edge on kicking. Uh, both fantastic goal kickers, uh, and there'll be Penrith fans screaming about. They even give the edge to Reynolds on goal ki- on mm. uh, on general play kicking, and you might even do the same. But uh, what do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I think Cleary's a much better defender. He generally doesn't need yeah. help with <laughs> with most people that are running yeah. at him. He's generally uh, generally puts away the bloke that's running at him one on one. Whereas Reynolds, obviously, there's some question marks around. Um, he's especially his outside shoulder uh, with with second rowers and the likes. Of Liam Martin and such running running as hard as they possibly can at that outside shoulder. Um, I think Cleary's probably got a fraction more creativity in his long kicking game with the the spiral bomb, that flat belly bomb that he puts up into the corners. Uh, but in and around, he's narrowed it back this year. I feel like he yeah he has last year. Used to, we haven't seen that. You'll see a few. It, of we them haven't seen in the spinning grabber yet. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> we haven't seen that spinning grabber at all. We haven't seen the no correct. I've really seen the belly of the ball bomb, which I is think um, second only to Burton. Really, um, Reynolds is the most precise kicker in the competition. Yeah, like Cleary's not far behind, but when he wants to put the ball on the the head of a centre or the head of a a five eight or a second rower, it's that's exactly where it's coming down. He wants to kick it and dribble it into the corner yeah. and stop it just week, sort clear, of the corner post. Give away two or three, six, uh, seven tackle sets. Yeah. So there's the probably a fraction more precision in and around the goal line uh, with Reynolds' kicking game than than Cleary's. But I just think there's a he probably has one or two more options in the way that the ball uh, is presented to the bloke who's trying to defuse the bomb or the the short kicking, the short grubber, as you mentioned that that. Spinning grubber that we haven't really seen this year. Don't be surprised if you see that come out once or twice mm-hmm. uh, in this grand final. For mine, uh, just the fact that a little bit of youth there, a little bit of stronger defence and physicality running into the line, I'd probably give Cleary the edge in this matchup, but it's not. And a little bit trust more in fitness too, because they have nursed rounds a lot um, through this season. The front, the front row, again, another one we could do a show on, but uh, Leota and Fisher Harris against Flegler and Haas. Payne House, the, the Dagger medalist this year, 
uh, in the conversation for player of the finals this year, the way he's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tom Flegler, who's had a great season, like a really good season, Brilliant. an outstanding origin season. Uh, Leota, you know what you see is what you get. He's, Leota's someone who um, just just picks their man and matches up on them defensively. And go, right, he's not going to get the best of me. Yep. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you a game where they got the best of Moses Leota. No. And then Fisher Harris, who is the scariest man in uh, rugby league at his absolute best. I can't remember the last time anyone got it over the top of Fisher Harris. No. He started the season quietly, but he's, he's last. Again, he's peaked at the right time. They've got it here. And um, how do you line them up? Uh, impact, Penrith. I think Fisher Harris and Leota will play. Um, shorter minutes than what you'll see out of the likes of Flegler and Haas. Whether that equates to, um, you know, you might get a a slightly higher output out of the Brisbane front rowers, but whether that equates to impact, I'm not 100% sure. Payne Haas, at his devastating best, can be the best front rower in the competition and has probably shaped that way now for the last two seasons. Whether he can put that out for 60 minutes and really break down the front door of this Penrith pack, left to be... Uh, left to be said, it's the bench rotation that's really going to make the massive difference in well, this Well, the one. reason Leota and Harris can have the luxury of having those breaks is because Spencer Lenu is 100%. And then you get the... If they can come out and be at their impactful best with Fisher, Harris and Leota, I'd probably give them a slight edge over Flegler and Haas. But there's nothing, absolutely nothing in it. You know you're going to get big minutes, big output out of Flegler and Haas. They will have some very dominant runs. They will be dragging blokes with them. They could. They probably will cause a few problems with an offload and maybe breaking the line here and there as well. But you're going to get the, a similar sort of thing out of Penrith. And they're just going to be bowling balls lining up time and time again. Martin, Lenu, Leota, Harris, just straight through the middle of this field. Um, yeah, I think the impact when those two starting front rowers on the field will swing towards Penrith, but when you get into the rotation, I think you might find Brisbane might just be holding a little bit of a fitness edge in that rotation. So. Are you sure what they do with them? Because the moment of the grand final could be Payne House second stint yeah. if he comes off. But you know that 60 minute that sixty minute stint, when he comes back on, you know what he's going to do. You know he's going to take three, four, five blokes. Well, Probably three, angling two, three, a bit wider. That's changed games a lot this year. And then all of a sudden, that's when the tag team starts with his best brother. But I think that's where you're going to see things like you're going to see Leota or Fisher-Harris. If, if, if Brisbane are in the game when that happens, it's game on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I think you will be seeing as soon as that second stint from Haas comes on, either Leota or Harris will be sent out there as a hitman to basically hit him before he gets to the line. Like, yeah. I don't care if you scream out of the line and bounce off him. Yeah. Get out there and Shut put some down. impact on him yeah. and slow him down before someone else has to tackle him. Yeah. The hookers, Mitch Kenny and Billy Walters, are possibly two of the least spruked hookers in the whole competition. 100%. But they're both in a very, very good form. And the other thing about all of these 17 players... They're all in great form. Yeah. They've really, both coaches done an amazing job of peaking here. But um, Mitch Kenny brings that defensive starch. He brings mm-hmm. clean clean enough service, a bit yes. slower service than your appies of the world, but uh, clean uh, and without exception more so than anything. But uh, d- tremendous defensive starch. Potentially might even play back row for a bit if they give Cogger a 15-minute stint there along the way. 
Uh, and Billy Walters' creativity and speed out through the ruck was on show last week, and he's he's grown into a, a proper first-grade hooker mm-hmm. um, in a space of 12 months. So how do you line these two? Well, the defensive um, issues are the big one for mine. Billy Walters has had issues in defence for his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like, um, before he was at... Um, Brisbane and even at the start when he first came across, he was missing tackles for fun at different times. And I, I'll be very surprised if you do not see a whole heap of traffic sent his way, well, especially, especially in this yeah, first 15 exactly. minutes to really try and dull that running game and creativity that you see coming out of, out of hooker. So I, I expect him to be extremely targeted. Whereas Mitch Kenny, that's what he does. That's his job. Every week is to absorb that pressure and impact through the middle of the field. And I think you will be seeing him going out looking to put, you know, uh, to, to shut down the likes of Carrigan and Hass and be the first guy there to meet him before the advantage line and, yeah. you know, just go about doing those defensive things. If Billy Walters isn't gassed after half an hour, I'd be very surprised. So I think if, if he's going to make an impact, it's going to have to be in that first half an hour of this game because um, if it was up to me, I'd be sending every second run at Billy Walters. Yeah. Yeah. And it does look a little, defensive-wise, does look a little bit like the, the, the chink in the front door there. Mm. The back row is Sorensen and Liam Martin against Kurt Capel and Jordan Rickey. Uh, what a tremendous last six weeks Liam Martin's had since coming back from the injury and the back of origin there. Uh, Scott Sorensen, re- career resurgence, like now just a, one of the almost stars of the game, what he brings every week with his footwork um, through on that edge. And Kurt Capel, the old tradesman who's won a comp with Penrith and now matches up well here. Uh, and Jordan Ricky, fantastic line runner, uh, line hitter, try scorer uh, and matches up every bit physically with uh, his counterparts. How do you line them up? Just what you said there. I, I'm not sure Jordan Ricky does. Physically ball in hand, yes. Um, defensively and same with Capewell. They do seem to have a bit of a problem with their ball carry. If they get belted by opposition defenders, they do have a, a handling error in them. And I wouldn't... There'd be a, another thing that I'd be lining up with Liam Martin. You know he's crazy as fuck and he, he, <laughs> he likes to hurt people. Yeah. So I'd be having a whisper in his ear that as soon as Jordan Ricky gets anywhere near you, hit him as fucking hard as you can because he's probably going to drop the ball. And similar story with Sorensen on, on the other side up against Capewell. Because yeah. although Cable has fantastic footwork, he's got a nice pass in him. If you get him, drag him into a physical battle, I think that's where Sorensen's can win that matchup. And... Um, I don't think Ricky will be still trying to stand in front of Liam Martin after about 60 minutes of this game. Because <laughs> if he's getting constantly belted every time he touches the ball and then trying to tackle Liam Martin when he's fucking an Exocet missile running straight at him, I think there's a there's definite physical edge for mine for the back rowers for Penrith. I agree. Um, Liam Martin's the... I think he's been the form back row of the comp for the last two months. So I, I'm giving the edge... Purely through him, and I am going to go as far to say when we get there, uh, I, I, he's in my thoughts for Clive Churchill. Yeah, it's mine too. Yeah. Um, he's going to—he's got this sniffs of a try for him, busting through one of his madcap runs. Probably a Lenu, you know, Lenu mm-hmm. run into Kenny, off to Cleary. There's Martin, bang! Oh shit, they've got us again. That's what it stinks of here a little bit. Well, he loves um, the lead. Clearly loves him as a lead runner. Oh, of course, yeah. He's, he hits him half the time and then uses him as decoy half yeah. the time and it's just good luck what's so going to happen outside he, he of that. He is the, uh, the reason I'm giving that battle 
to Penrith. Um, Ricky's been fantastic. He's still young. He's grown into his spot. Great offload. Um, yeah. Yeah. He and, is a physical presence. But and can yeah. score the same sort of tries. And can mm-hmm. cha- and of these is the best uh, of chasing that short king game of man. You know, mm-hmm. can find it off that grubber. Uh, but, yeah, Liam Martin is like a beacon here saying here he is. Um, as I said, we could do a whole show on these 13s, Yo and Pat Carrigan. Um, what players? Two of our favourite players, you know, mm-hmm. probably without doubt. Uh, and this matchup, I, I, I can't, I can't split because um, both players bring the same thing: toughness, uh, resilience, that work and work and work through the middle. Yeah, tackle their ass off. Um, we'll both make Run three tackles. Uh, that that uh, two and three wide service is for outstanding for both of them. Uh, it's almost like their opposition is the where you find the thing. And, and what scares me a little bit is that Billy Walters is the one that's going to have to bring down Yo a lot of the time. And as you said five minutes ago, that's where he maybe gets the edge. Uh, but I, I think Pat, Pat Carrigan, and I'm on record, of saying he's the best lock in the game. So mm-hmm. ultimately I can't split these two. How are you going? Yeah, Carrigan's a little more direct uh, with his running. Uh, generally he's not looking for the pass out the back unless it's he's been overcalled or he really sees something that's going on out wide. He's, his first option is to run, whereas Joe's sort of a 50-50 option. He he still probably prefers to run a little bit, but he's all, always looking for anything that's going on outside yeah. of what he's doing. Well, he's trying to push Nathan wider, really. 100%. Um, defensively, Carrigan's probably a bit more physical. But Yo doesn't miss him anyway, so he's, yeah. he's not probably going to hurt you as much in defence, but he's going to make just as many tackles, if not more, than what Carrigan is. Uh, Carrigan's probably got a fraction more of an offload threat, whereas um, Yo's fraction uh, probably got a bit more of a ball-playing perspective about him being able to put somebody through a hole to score a try, whereas you don't see Carrigan putting no, guys over for tries that often. You know what I mean? So all in all, the, I think... Yo might just shade Carrigan, but on, on workload, you're probably going to get, yeah, you're going to get a, an, equo- an equal contribution from both of these guys. There might just be a touch of skill go Yo's way at the back end of the game. You don't have me side for, and they've got rocks in there if they don't do it, but um, the, the three weeks Carrigan played bad in the second row, mm. he was the best second row in a comp. I hope when we get to the internationals... I hope we get to see Carrigan and Yo, Yo on, on the, the field, field together at the same time. with yeah. a, a Cam Murray or a Liam Martin coming off the outstanding. Yeah, Murray off the bench and Martin at twelve yep. or something. Uh, yeah. well, I took that in in my veins. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got the bench to get to, which uh, look we'll go through. We'll just name them all at once, but yep. um, pick Let's them apart that. here: Cogger and Smoothie mm-hmm. at fourteen, Smith and Pierre Cora fifteen, Lenu Hetherington sixteen, Garner Palliasia. It's 17. Look, the, 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 again, a bit like Liam Martin in this, but Spencer Lenny is the one that changes games here. Yeah, 100%. He's the one that comes on. He has his 20 minutes, but they're 20 minutes at every run counts. Uh, he he hurts his... people that are trying to tackle him. That's right. Like, he runs into you and you know that you've just had to make a tackle. Uh, yeah, the physicality that bloke brings off the bench will be massive. Um, it's actually, if nothing, apart, you take him out at the benches, almost lean the other way, but... Mm. Um, look, Garner's there for the capability to cover playing in the back line, I assume, mm. as well. But kudos to him. He's had a good, he's had a good last few weeks, uh, which gets him the nod ahead. That'd be the Hosking. change. I'd be making – I'd have Hosking there yeah. if it was up to me. But, um, I'd have Hosking guess, there in front of know, Garner. He must but. be working the house down, as they say. Yep. Uh, and kudos to Lindsay Smith getting a Guernsey in a grand final for the same sort it's of been reason. been tremendous. Come in and been great. Mm. 
Um, just plugs in, fills that hole. Very good defensively and does nothing wrong in attack. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, a huge creative option, but puts his head down and just takes the ball into the line, does what he needs to do. Yeah. And I suspect, uh, well, Cogger is there as Luai cover, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe is a flag in itself, uh, but has earned the right. He's been tremendous for the 12 games he's come in and covered both of them. Uh, but Lenu uh, is the one that can change his... We talked about... Oh, I talked about Payne Haas's second stint. Lenu's first stint <laughs> will be the game... Will be the game-breaking moment in this game, potentially. And he'll probably come back on in the last 15 or yeah, 20 to and, and be as physical we'll as possible as try well. Or he'll produce a run that will win them the game. Or and belt somebody. That's what he does. Yeah. Uh, for Brisbane, I just want to... I mean, they're all very good trades, but Pierre Cora and Palacy are both... Both forwards on the on the rise. They've yeah. had good seasons. Um, give, me, give them two or three years. They'll be destructive forces absolutely. in the back row. But I like but both of them have very good footwork through the line. Uh, mm-hmm. Palace is almost, almost yo-like in the way you can get into that mm. line and then um, shuffle around a bit and, and create a bit of space. Um, so, yeah. Big bodies. Do have a handling error in them, both of them, and do have a missed tackle in them, which is probably which... Makes me lean towards the way I will when we we, we we get to it. I just think Penrith will be stronger for longer due, due mm-hmm. to that bench rotation. Smoothie for mine is a threat running the ball out of dummy half, but they need to be on the front foot for him to be any sort of impact. Whereas Cogger can come in and if he if he does need to switch into the halves and he can create. Yes. He can add a kicking game as well, which is yeah. stronger than Luai if he does have to take Luai's well, that spot. first final in that last... Uh, the first final in the last game, he was their best player. Take a bit of pressure off yeah. um, Cleary if there's long kicking needed and whatever. Um, he, he can fill all those roles. Uh, yeah, so I think there's a bit more creativity uh, in the ball playing, but running the ball from Smoothie could be an asset, but they'd, they'd really need to be on the front foot. Yeah. For mine, I uh, that's the change I'd probably make in the Brisbane side. I'd have Tristan Saylor playing 14. Yeah, I agree. If it was up to me. Um, at the end of the day, he's big enough. If you need him to f- throw him into the back row, I'm sure he's good enough at dummy half. You've seen what he's done filling in for Reese Walsh at fullback. Anywhere in that back line, I think he could make an impact if needed. So yeah. for mine, he'd be the guy I'd have in 14. But. And, and I would say Corey Jensen's unlucky not to be yes. on that bench because he has been good this year. I know he's a bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, and I understand probably from a size point of view, but... Um, work his ass off for you. Work his ass off. No. Uh, well, in terms of gameplay, we, we won't spend a lot on this because we've, we've covered a lot of it as it. we go. <laughs> um, we know what parents bring to the table. They're going to drag you down. They're going to make you work. They're, you're going to have to beat them at being the best team in the comp for 80 minutes. Yep. And not many can do it. Mm-hmm. If you're Brisbane, how do you beat Penrith? They have to play like they do against the Warriors. They have to be dominant through the middle of the field. They're going to need to rely on... Um, fast play the balls, uh, dare say a lot of long kicking in behind, turning Penrith around, mm-hmm. trying to wear their forwards out without actually being too physical with them. Just make them run up and down the field yeah. a fair bit, turn around and go back into the corners and work from there. Um, offloads would be helpful, but it's not as important as quick play the balls. And, yeah, just being as physical with them for as long as possible in the middle of the field and making sure they don't gain ascendancy at any time during the game through the middle of the field. If I was Adam Reynolds, I would be going back and watching the Manly game. Mm-hmm. The DCE kicked them. Uh, spread early, kick spread the corners. Early, kick along the ground to corners and make two have to wait an make extra 20, pack, get back. 15, 20 seconds for that ball to bounce into your hands. Or set line, and then you're just chopping out the knees before they start. Yeah. Um, that 
was the only reason Manly got within 12 points of them. Yep. And this is – there's much more firepower here. Oh, yeah, and there's much um, more physical presence in the middle of the field. And then yeah. if, you can, if you can do that, chop that down, keep, pin them in their half, and then from the back of that – Get that left spread going where you can isolate and, and even hope, the right. Like I don't think they went to the right enough last week. No, You've got right. Stags and Cobo and, over and there. Those centers isolated right. and yeah. the, and uh, there are points there. One on one early ball. If you can do it, you need to do it. And you probably yeah. you need to do it twice. You need to make them chase twelve or sixteen or eighteen. Yeah, hundred percent from the start and then ice the rest of the game. Mm. Not an easy task. Yeah, control field position, kick early, get them, get the forward back, turning around on the back foot, and then, yeah, when as soon as opportunity comes, get as one-on-one with your wingers and centres. But even that's a 50-50 proposition whether yeah. you get through. So, Final words. Your Clive Churchill medalist, your how's the game going to unfold, and uh, first try score. I think Cleary is... For mine, has to be man of the match. It, Penrith win, it'll be on the back of his um, what what he does kicking, uh, but more so his running game and short passing game. It's it, there's nobody that's equivalent to him at the moment. Sean Johnson at the at his best, and Adam Reynolds recently have been close, but I think if he's completely at his best, yeah, his running game is better than both of those, and his passing and kicking is just as good. Um, he gets him around the field, gets him where he needs to be. I think he'll probably provide two or three try assists just off his own bat if he doesn't score one himself. Um, I think Brisbane will trouble Penrith for half an hour, maybe even ten minutes into the second half. I think they will cause problems. Uh, they will could. I think they may even control the middle of the field for twenty minutes, half an well, hour. The thing is, we know, and we know, all the teams, all the teams of big four packs have. Bent them in the first 10, 12, 15 minutes. I think it'll be it's more so the, the, the back end of this first half and maybe yeah. the start of the second half when we're still in that forward rotation cycle until um, Fish and Leo to come back. Yeah. Um, I think that's really their opportunity to try and push through the middle of the field once one or both of those guys go off. Um, yeah, a couple of kicks to the outside edges. Reese Walsh is going to cause problems for any football mm-hmm. team. I don't care how good your defence is. He's going to pop up and cause mm-hmm. ask a couple of questions at some different point. And I think, yeah, they'll make Penrith uncomfortable for at least the first half of this game. But I think they'll just be physical for longer, controlled for longer and um, do what they do. And I think they'll win 13+. plus. I think. Okay. I don't think it'll be a massive 13+. plus. You might be looking at 14, 16 points, but... Penrith 13 plus, Cleary man of the match. And I actually had three, I'm going to have three first try scorers. I've got Cobbo for Brisbane. I'm going to go Crichton or Liam Martin for Penrith. I think that right edge will be where it comes through first, targeting Reynolds and uh, the Ricky and the likes on that edge. If Penrith score, if Penrith score first, Brisbane are no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say, I can see it playing out that Brisbane have dominate field position 10, 15 minutes, have uh, bend them back, keep them pinned, shut them down. And score first. I'm going to say they do score first. I'm going to say it's on that left edge. I'm going to say the sweet play. I'm going to say it's Reese Walsh. Okay. On yeah. the left side, looking for Herbie, but the, the little dummy burn, going yep. himself, sliding under, carrying like a pork chop <laughs> off Brisbane go. It's And for the record, it is sold out. Yeah. Absolutely sold out. So, which I was shocked at because oh, I just thought. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Uh, and I think it's the first time that's happened in a while. Mm. Um, so it is. Is um, so that's why I can see it playing just quickly while I think of it before I forget. I finish my story. Uh, friend of the show, Flobs, asked us who we would pick as referee because he wanted to hear our thoughts on the officiating of late. But 
Um, I think it's fair enough, Adam G's referee. Get Adam Zilli back out. Get him to fucking run around to okay. it. Fair enough. <laughs> no, no. Out of yeah, out of recent times. Um, I thought he controlled the some of the shit that happened last week pretty well, Adam G. Actually, Sutton doesn't miss that forward pass. He probably gets the job. I'd say so. But yeah, off the back of that, Adam G. But I probably would have kept on. I know it's a bad, a fucking horrible forward yeah. pass that really should have been called. But I probably would have kept. Look, I thought Adam G. Tried very hard to um, shut down a lot of that niggle last week. Yeah, he did well um, with so, that actually. Uh, if that being the case, um, I'm okay with him. I think he's had a good couple of years. Uh, big game for him because he could stamp himself as the number one if he Yeah, next ten off. years, so, five years. Yeah. yeah, so kudos to him. But back to where I was headed, I see Brisbane scoring first and then I think once we get in the rotation, I think I believe um, action has reminded me that I am yet to tip Brisbane in the, uh, tip Penrith in the grand final. So I'm gonna yeah, you tipped them last year. He was carrying on about none of us tipped him last year. All three of us tipped him yeah, last year. Okay, good. <laughs> so fuck him. Uh, but I'm tipping him here. I think I think they're just out. I think they're the best team we've seen in, tw- in 20, 25 years. So I don't, I you and Ollie didn't tip him the year before, and I did. But we all tipped him last year. I went back and listened to it uh, after good. those comments, uh, <laughs> and we all tipped him. Yeah. Uh, so, but they're going to win this game. I think. I think they chase him down. I think it's a great game. I, and um, physically, he comes back through. I'm going to say. Liam Martin, Clive Churchill medalist, he drags him back in, built in a few blokes. And get a decent price there. And I'm going to say, as I said, first try score of Reese Welsh. I think it's 13 plus, but I think it's the last five minutes, 13 plus. I think it's yeah, a cracker. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Dylan Edwards straight through the middle. Bang on two tries in the last yeah, 10 minutes. last, last yeah. 10 minutes. Uh, and off they go. Um, but looking forward to it. It should be a great game. This has been Footy and Frothy's grand final preview. Any fun thoughts? No. Enjoy the day. Yeah, enjoy. Uh, drink wise. Drink wise. Gamble responsibly. And, uh, <laughs> sleep in if you're in Sydney on Monday. Uh, good luck, Penrith fans. Good luck, Brisbane fans. And we'll talk soon when we look back on it all next week. See you guys. Bye.